Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome back to this. This is the bonus part of today's FYI on sharks. And I hope you guys are learning as much as I did as I prepared this episode. I was going to say today. I actually prepared it a couple days ago. But as I as I prepared it and as I prepare every episode, I'm constantly discovering new things. And I hope that you are doing the same, not just in English, but also also discovering new things about the world around us. So put on your scuba gear because we're going back into the water. We're going to swim with sharks, which is an idiomatic expression that we'll look at a little bit later on in this section. But right now I want to look at how long sharks have been around. Por cuánto tiempo han existido? What if I told you that experts said that sharks have been around for over 400 million years. Now, if you do the math, that is long before dinosaurs roamed the earth. So a lot of times we think about dinosaurs as being these, you know, these creatures from back in the day, but sharks beat them to the punch. Llegaron antes, some birds as well. So when we're looking at a shark, we are looking at a, a prehistoric creature. We're looking at a creature that comes from so long ago. And as many of you guys know, too, the Megalodon. De hecho, había una película, The Meg. And we're going to talk about sharks in pop culture a little bit later on as well. But this is interesting. When, uh, you know, continuing with this idea I said before about skeletons. Well, of course, if they don't have skeletons that are made of bone like humans, what is something that they're not going to be able to leave behind? You guessed it, archaeologists. Fossils. Sure. If there are no bones, there are no fossils. The good news is, what is something that they do leave behind? I said it in the first part of the show. Their teeth. So that's a way that they've been able to study sharks by checking out fossilized shark teeth that they have found. And as I said, as I was preparing this, I read that the, the bottom of the ocean is a graveyard, un cementerio, full of thousands and thousands of thousands, probably millions of shark teeth. And as we know, every time we explore our oceans, we're always learning more. And something that makes sharks difficult to explore is, well, they kind of go pretty fast. They're fast-moving animals. Obviously, there are some that don't. We said the basking shark is slower. But most sharks, they're fast. They're on the go. And their patterns are sometimes erratic. So they're a hard animal to study. Another thing I found fascinating was that sharks have a sixth sense. That's right, un sexto sentido. They have a sixth sense, a sixth sense, a sixth sense. Eso es difícil decirlo. Vamos a decir eso. Sixth sense. Now, I'll, t I'll give you a little trick here. Americans say sixth. So la palabra sick con S y luego sonido Z. Sixth. Sixth. Los británicos dicen sixth. O sea, dicen enfermo sin la S con el sonido TH. So British, sixth. Sixth. American, sixth. El americano es mucho más difícil, ¿eh? 
<laughs> but that's the one I learned how to say. So all sharks have a sixth sense that helps them hone in on prey. Now we looked at the word prey, and the word prey is presa, but to hone in on, another way to say this is to zero in on, is apuntar. Uh, ir dire derecho a algo, eh, concentrarse en algo, to hone in on something. So it helps them hone in on their prey. And it's during the final phase of the attack. Now, they have different phases of attacks, just in case you didn't know that. And these, now I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce them. They're called Amulple of Lorenzini. Amulple of Lorenzini. Again, please excuse my pronunciation. It's not a word I'm used to pronouncing. And these are found on sharks' snouts. And what is a snout? Well, a snout is something a pig has as well. I think you say the word hocico in Spanish, snout. So they've got these things, let's call them AOLs. We'll use the abbreviation, Amplay, Amplay, I can't say it. A OLs, and they're found on the shark's snouts, and they can sense electric fields that are emitted by other animals in the surrounding water. So they have like this spidey sense, that's right, just like Spider-Man, where they can sense the electricity, the energy that's coming off their prey or any animal that might be in their surroundings. Another thing that they rely on is their ability to smell. Sharks have an amazing ability to smell. And their hearing is equally as impressive. So they smell great. They hear great. They've got this sixth sense that uses uh, electricity or it, it captures electrical charges. I mean, these are machines more than animals. And then you, you put in the teeth thing and the denticles on their skin. And these animals, I, I mean, talk about evolution. Talk about adapting and constantly renewing. Now, when I said that it's equally as impressive, let me just give you an idea of how well sharks can hear or how good their hearing is. They are able to hear their prey as far as 914 meters away, they hear a low frequency sound. Their ears are trained to hear low frequency sounds. And do you know what that means? That means that they can hear a fish that's 900 meters away, and they can hear that fish's muscle tissue contracting. That's how acute their hearing is. The word acute means agudo. But there is something that sharks lack. Algo de que carecen. And that is vocal cords. Now, humans, we have vocal cords. I couldn't do this show without my vocal cords. But sharks, that's one thing that they didn't get. And that's probably the reason you won't hear sharks make audible sounds. Uh, a lot of animals, when they communicate fear or anger, they make sounds, but not sharks. And you know how sharks express themselves? I thought this was just fascinating. Well, think about it. If you can't use sounds, what do you do? You have to do it physically. Think of somebody who's mute, mudo. They have to use sign language. So they are masters of body language and physical expression. 
I wanted to go back to the great white shark. As I said, it's probably one of the most famous sharks out there, shark species. But uh, great whites don't kill by crushing their prey in their jaws. Now, remember the movie Jaws? Claro, dices, ¿cómo lo, lo come? Pues aplastándole, you know, crushing it. No. They have a different style of attack. The way they attack is they chomp on their victim. Now, la palabra chomp, creo que no lo tengo que explicar, ¿no? Chomp, chomp, chomp. They chomp on their victim, and then they retreat. They pull back, and they let their prey bleed to death before they proceed to eat the rest of them. So, yeah, a shark, a great white shark, generally won't eat you in one sitting. They'll come up, they'll harm you to make sure you're bleeding, and then they'll go take a little walk or take a little stroll. <laughs> they don't walk, but they'll take a little swim in the ocean and they'll wait till you're bleeding to death and you are on death's door, como decimos, and then they'll finish the attack and they'll eat you up. Yeah, well, why would you want to fight someone? Why would you want to struggle to eat your food? So if you think about it, it's pretty smart. These animals are saying, well, I'll kind of uh, disable him a little bit, and then once he's totally done, I'll move in and I'll eat him, you know, calmly, tranquilamente. One example is if uh, a shark, a great white shark, attacks an elephant seal, es un tipo de, de foca, it will immobilize it by taking a bite out of its behind, o sus patas de atrás, o, o la parte posterior, I think you say in Spanish. And then, as I said before, they retreat. They get out of the way, and they come back once he's dead. I mean, it's brilliant. He's not going to struggle. They don't have to use as, as much force. They don't have to make such an effort. And now I want to talk about litter. Now, litter is basura que tiramos a la calle, but also litter is the babies. I think you say in Spanish, camada, eh, crías, cachorros. Uh, another way to say it is... Baby shark, do, 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 baby shark. I'm joking. <laughs> See, there's just another idea or another example of how sharks are huge. I think that video has billions of views on YouTube. Baby shark, do, 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 baby shark. Well, let's learn a little bit about these baby sharks, which are called pups, which is interesting because pups are the same words we use for baby dogs. We say pups or puppies. Uh, cats, we would say kittens. So it's interesting that dogs, uh, baby dogs and baby sharks share the same name, pups. It's different. If we're talking about a wolf, we're talking about cubs. If we're talking about a bear, we're talking about cubs. So it depends on the animal what we'll call their litter, their babies. But sharks, aside from eating litter, they also have a huge litter. O sea, que tienen muchos bebés. Did you get my joke? Además de comer basura, también tienen muchos crías. Uh, okay, okay, bad joke. I know, I know. But if it helps you remember the vocabulary, job done. But yeah, I guess so. When you think about the size of sharks, it makes sense that they would have a lot of little baby sharks. Uh, the blue shark, for example, is known to give birth to as many as 135 pups in a single litter. That's a whole lot of babies. That's a whole lot of books and backpacks for school. 
oh, wait, fish don't go to school. <laughs> but there is such a thing as a school of fish. I've got a lot of jokes for you today, guys. Did you get it? A school of fish? A school of fish is un banco de peces. <laughs> hey, a bank doesn't sound much better. Un colegio, un banco? I think I'd rather be in a school. As promised, lo prometido es deuda, as promised, we're going to take a look at some sharks in pop culture. And we just looked at possibly the most famous shark out there right now, the one from the video Baby Shark. And these are cartoon sharks, but these sharks have been seen by millions of children. My daughter loves sharks. She's obsessed with sharks. And I think part of it is because of that video. Maybe what it's doing is reversing all the damage that Jaws did to sharks. You know, maybe this is making sharks lovable creatures again. But again, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to urge my daughter to go swimming with sharks. I mean, if she wants to, she can, but it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give her the idea. Now, this next thing, I don't know how famous it is in Spain, but this is huge in the United States. It's called Shark Week, and it's a week of TV programming on the Discovery Channel where they just focus on sharks, and they focus on their habitat, the problems that they're facing, which we'll look at at the end of the show, and it Kind of the, the goal, the objective of Shark Week is to kind of correct the misconceptions that people have about sharks and obviously conservation of these fascinating animals as well. So this is something that's been happening or it's been on, on us in la tele, uh, since 1988. And it's extremely popular. They have advertising campaigns and it's Shark Week. So if you want to get into sharks, that's a good way. Check out a documentary or start by listening to this episode. Hey, wait, you're already on the right track. And we already mentioned it several times. Jaws probably single-handedly destroyed the reputation of sharks all over the world. But in Steven Spielberg's defense, I mean, he was trying to make a movie and the main character was a shark. And well, obviously he wanted the shark to be scary. It's kind of, you know, what uh, Alfred Hitchcock did. Alfred Hitchcock made the whole perception of birds change. People started seeing birds as these disgusting creatures that could attack you after they saw his famous movie, The Birds. So it's kind of the same syndrome here. The, the Alfred Hitchcock syndrome, the Spielberg syndrome, call it whatever you will, but it's when a movie or something from popular culture changes the way we see some other entity. And talking about movies with sharks in them, Sharknado, have you guys seen Sharknado? Well, there are six movies, that's right, six Sharknado movies out. Now, you thought, wait, a movie about tornadoes full of sharks? Okay, I could see maybe you could make one movie, you could get 90 minutes out of that concept. But no, they got six movies out of the idea of sharks in a tornado. If you haven't seen Sharknado, 
it's awesome. I saw the first one. I have to say I stopped watching after that. But it's like absurd horror films. It, I mean, they're obviously making a bad movie on purpose. So it's its own kind of genre. Sharknado. What do you get when you mix a shark with a tornado? Sharknado. Coming this summer. A couple summers ago, I remember we went to go see The Meg, which uh, in Spanish you called it Megalodon, I believe. Well, we called it in English The Meg for short. And this was a prehistoric beast from the ocean. Oh, and how could I forget Shark Tank? What? Tanque de tiburones? Well, it, it doesn't really have to do with real sharks. The show Shark Tank is a show where people come and they have a business idea. And they have to sell it to these sharks. Estos peces gordos. You can say sharks. We also say whales. But sharks, as we're, we talked about many times here, are predators. Well, they're talking about very competitive business here. So the show Shark Tank takes a bunch of sharks and puts them in a tank together. And they fight to see who will get money for their idea. If you haven't seen it, it's a really cool idea for a show. They have to get these people to invest in their idea. And it's called Shark Tank. But again, it doesn't have to do with the animals. It has to do with this aggressive, competitive behavior. And don't forget about shark tattoos. I've seen people with great white sharks tattooed on their arms, which seems kind of crazy to me, unless you're a sailor or an oceanographer. But hey, different strokes for different folks. Para gustos los colores. And this is a perfect example of that. I think it's cool that people swim with sharks, but I don't think I'm going to be signing up anytime soon. To sign up is apuntarse. But there are many thrill seekers. A thrill seeker is somebody, alguien que busca adrenalina, que busca emociones. La palabra seek es buscar. So thrill seekers who swim with sharks or they go diving with them. Some of them do it in cages and some of them, they're not in a cage. And these people are pretty brave. They're pretty bold. But as I said before, different strokes for different folks. I would prefer to admire sharks from afar. From afar means de lejos. And now I wanted to take a look at some idioms, as I said before. We looked at the word shark meaning canalla. Remember at the beginning when we were talking about the Dutch word, we were talking about the etymology. Well, then I guess it makes total sense that un prestamista, uno corrupto, would be called a lone shark. That's right, not alone solitario, sino alone un préstamo. So if somebody's a loan shark, they'll loan you money, but at exorbitant rates, no, unas tasas enormes. So loan sharks, a card shark, a card shark is somebody who plays cards, las cartas, but they're trying to cheat. I mean, juegan a timar. So a card shark, you never want to play cards with a card shark. You never want to borrow money from a loan shark. And be careful if you're doing business with whales or sharks. You say peces gordos in English. 
Yeah, well, because if you swim with sharks, which is an expression, that means that you're involved with people that are a little bit shady, that could be a little bit dangerous. So if you're swimming with sharks, you're playing with fire. And if you swim with sharks, you could end up being shark bait. Te estoy intentando dar todas las expresiones, pero en una historia. And shark bait is usually a naive person, a gullible person, the, the typical person who is the target of a loan shark, for example, or a con artist, un timador. So shark bait. And the word bait means cebo, carnada, carnaza, right? So that means you are the shark's food, basically. And the last shark expression is a great one because it comes from popular television. There was a show called Happy Days, which was a really, really popular show. And, well, when they got into the later seasons of the show, they started running out of ideas. Se estaban quedando sin ideas. So there's a scene that they scripted, que guionizaron, where the, the main character, the Fonz, or Arthur Fonzarelli, he jumps on a shark. El salta encima de un tiburón. And people saw this and they said, uh, really? Um, that's your idea? That's the only thing you could come up with? I mean, okay, the show had been on the on the air for many, many seasons, but you could also end the show if you have no more ideas. So since that day, the expression to jump the shark means to decline in progress or in the evolution of something. So, oh man, you guys were doing really well. I don't know why you jumped the shark. And it's to resort to uh, activities or maneuvers that are... <sighs> kind of below you and you lose quality that would be a good way to say it no it loses quality if you jump the shark and lastly we're going to talk about the future of sharks or as i said before the bleak future of sharks if we don't do something fast there are several problems they all are human-based problems uh, fishermen overfishing we've got people who eat shark fin they make shark fin soup so for them it's a delicacy some people believe it has medicinal uh, purposes and that's why shark fins are so sought after buscados that's why you have so many poachers a poacher is an illegal hunter or fisherman and they're doing this practice that's called finning Okay, finning. And it's when they cut off a live shark's fins and then they throw the rest of the shark back into the water. And the shark dies a slow, painful death. And it's because these fins, as I said, are used in China, uh, Hong Kong, also in Chinese communities. And it is the key ingredient. No, la ingrediente, el ingrediente principal in what is called shark fin soup. But I've got some news for you. I looked into it. And this stuff is all hearsay. The fact that it's got great qualities. In fact, they say aside from not having many medicinal properties, shark fins don't have too much flavor at all. 
So they're these, they're killing these sharks to get their fins to make something for people. And in the end, it doesn't even taste like anything. And it doesn't have the nutritional value they say it is. So this is, I mean, you want to talk about predatory behavior. This is it. And also, they say that shark and shark fins, well, they're not the best uh, sources of fish. A source es una fuente, because they're top predators, as we said before. So they accumulate a lot of contaminants from their prey, contaminants such as mercury. And as we all know, mercury is a no-no. And sadly, uh, over the past 20 years or so, the demand for shark fin soup has skyrocketed. To skyrocket is subir en picado. In China, as I said, and in Chinese cultures, it's associated with privilege and social rank, as well as the delicacy and medicinal qualities, I said. And a bowl of this soup can cost upwards of $100. Very, very expensive. And why is there such a demand? Well, remember, guys, the Chinese economy has been on the up and up. No, en alce, subiendo. So now more people in China can afford this luxury. Now, that's good for them, not good for the sharks. The good news is, this has been brought to the attention of the general public. There are so many documentaries out there now that are urging us to stop overfishing, to stop shark poaching, and, and start taking care of our oceans before we deplete them of all living things. Uh, a documentary I highly recommend, it just blew my mind when I saw it. It's on Netflix. It's called Sea Spiracy, Conspiración con la Palabra Mar. And it will blow your mind as well as teach you some English to boot, también. And we'll wrap up with the future. Well, do you know what I've realized here? There will be no future. For sharks, for any living creature, if we keep depleting our oceans, what we're doing is unsustainable. We have our own problems here in Spain that we've all seen, and we're, we're watching these natural habitats get destroyed in front of our faces. The example I'm talking about in Spain is El Mar Menor. We are seeing ecosystems die Species become endangered and, and die off right in front of our faces. So I think I'll leave you guys with this quote that I love that I got from a, a show I used to watch called Jerry Springer. Es como el diario de Patricia en inglés. And he always said at the end of the show, he said, take care of yourselves and each other. Cuida de vosotros mismos y de uno al otro. And when I say each other, I mean our oceans, our animals, our ecosystems that make this planet such a spectacular place to live. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of FYI.